Coffee Sketch podcast is our take on the intersection of old tech and new tech, the space between the traditional practice of the hand-drawn sketch that has been performed by architects and designers for centuries, and the modern-day use of the hashtag as a representation of sentiment or movement. Each week, we plan to deliver a new pod about our ideas, sketches, and what's going on in our daily lives as we pursue our love of architecture, design, and sharing this knowledge with the next generation. I'm Kurt, and I'm in Flint. And I'm Jamie, and I'm in Austin. All right. We're back at it. And back I think, at it. Yeah, cool. Episode three. Um, <laughs> are we counting? Yeah, we're counting. We're counting, yeah. <laughs> Officially. So, yeah, so... I think uh, rolling off of last week, we're more than a couple of, now because a couple is only two, so now we're right. three. Yeah, right. Um, a few. <laughs> we're a few. We're at a few. Correct. We're the few many. Now we have. So, I think as a follow up, though, uh, we have a couple of sketches here, and I, I, I kind of pick a theme at least for my my own notes and uh and then i i'm gonna bounce them off of you and then you can always add in your own thoughts but i'm theming this as hometowns and so we're still in the beginning of the year and so we have this podcast and i'm not sure we'll probably find out pretty soon if you were using a new sketchbook to start the year um but in hometowns uh, specifically, I think we're talking about your hometown and mo- some people may think it's Austin, but it's not right. That's right. Now it's actually Montreal. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, Austin is where I live and actually is actually the city I've lived in longer than I've lived anywhere in my whole life. Um, but, nope. um, but Montreal, uh, is still in my mind, my hometown, it's where I was born. Um, and, um, it's still a a real special place for me. Cool. I, you know, it's, I've never been there, but I've heard a few things about that place. So you can be my, uh, my (laughs) educator. I'm sure you've you've heard lots of different stories about Montreal, (laughs) depending on what, what age and, and in what context. Yeah. Well, okay. So I've got, here are my ideas. I know it's a food destination. Absolutely. I think there's a, a lot of good food going on there, but I, so I'm jealous and need to get out there and eat. And is it a coffee destination? What do you say? I would say that it's, um, I don't. I don't know if it's a coffee destination per se, um, but it does have um, it does have that international flavor of the um, sort of patio cafe. Um, you have a new puppy. <laughs> yeah, that's old dog barking. Old dog dark wonder- barking at. New- All right, so you're saying coffee destination. Yeah, so I don't know if it's necessarily a coffee destination. I mean, there's certainly, you know, cities that uh, really have a kind of a coffee culture. Um, but I think that what Montreal, as you said, is is known as a food destination for for sure. Um, and I think it's, it's part of that international influence. Um, but Montreal itself is, uh, is definitely a, um, 
uh, it's, I mean, it, the, the country is officially bilingual. Um, so it's French and English. And so because of that French influence, there's certainly um, French cuisine. And then related to the coffee part, I would say it's, it's a lot of those desserts. Um, so you have, um, you know, those kinds of cafes and, and bakeries and sidewalk cafes and, and, and coffee is certainly a part of that. And that's something that, you know, visiting home, I really do enjoy, I, I will admit. And the pastries. That's... <laughs> yeah, and I know. I'm getting hungry. But food-wise, I mean, my I would say some some top things to think about that you wouldn't necessarily associate right off the bat, and it's just important because Montreal is you know is uh, you have poutine, which everybody hears about now. Um, uh-huh. So that's the um, French fries with uh, sort of a a curd cheese and gravy combination, um, which now has invaded the U S. Um, and, but that's, that's a, that's an official Montreal creation, uh, part of the Quebecois. Um, and then, and then the, the other things that maybe are maybe less so, um, less or lesser known is, uh, barbecue chicken, um, Montreal, Montreal has a really, really, really unique, um, take on barbecue chicken. Um, so I think of, uh, Saint Hubert, um, barbecue chicken. It's something I have to have. I mean, there's certain must haves when you have to go home and that's one of them for me, uh, has a really, really unique kind of flavor and, and, and sauce associated with it. Um, and then, uh, the other one is, uh, smoked meat sandwiches. So delicatessen and the delicatessen culture, um, similar to like a New York, um, that, you know, if, if you're from New York or kind of can imagine sort of delicatessen mm-hmm. and, and delis in New York, it has that sort of, um, same kind of flavor because I mean, essentially Montreal is, is like a little Manhattan. Um, it's oh. Montre- Montreal's on an Island in the middle of the St. Lawrence river. Um, and so the, the whole city is on that, on that Island. Um, uh, certainly smaller than Manhattan, but, um, but similar mm-hmm. in that, in that respect. Oh, that's and, cool. And a smoked I, meats and a smoked meat sandwiches, you know, Dunn's, Ben's, um, Swartz's. I mean, they're, you know, uh, downtown Montreal. That's just fantastic stuff. Wow. That's great. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, I focused this idea on, uh, some of your Montreal sketches, which we'll get to in a second here. But um, in my hometown, I'm also from the East Coast, however, in the state still. And uh, like you said, must-haves. My must-haves for when I go back home. I grew up in Connecticut, uh, but close to New York. And so I have to have pizza. And they can only make pizza the New York way. And that's the only kind of pizza there has to be. <laughs> And, and, and please, so, uh, for, for, the, for, for those that are maybe not as attuned to the pizza oh. culture as you and I have discussed on many of our adventures, um, <laughs> explain um, explain how you like it. Ah, uh, true. Uh, you're, you're right. So uh, it ha- it's very simple. It's a very thin crust that gets a little crispy on the edges. Sometimes it can puff up, but only a little bit. And... Um, Cheese sauce and pepperoni for me 
sometimes, you know, a little bit of green pepper if you're feeling guilty. But, you know, a, a plain old pepperoni pizza is kind of the go-to for me. And then also being on, on the East Coast, um, this, the number two must-have would be some Chinese food. Um, it just seems that the, there's nobody else in the country that can make Chinese food like I'm familiar with. So, <laughs> that, like on the East Coast. So, which I don't know how to describe that so well. It's just, it's just better. <laughs> fun. Absolutely fun. And so, um, yeah, sorry. You were saying. But no, it, well, I was just going to say, but, you know, going back to Montreal and the sketches is, and you, you know, I, I did think, you know, after you sort of asked me and I sort of started rattling off places, there is one unique coffee shop that I experienced on my last visit to Montreal, which was um, two summers ago. Um, and it's, um, and it's got an architectural angle to it, which I, you know, now as a, as a practicing architect, that's something that sort of, you know, aids in any visits to anywhere, including home. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can go on and on about the architecture of Montreal, um, and its influence on me, um, you know, not even knowing about it as a kid, but, uh, there's a, a cafe called, uh, crew cafe or crew collective cafe, um, and it's in a um, historic bank in downtown Montreal. So Montreal had a really large financial district. Um, and, and so a lot of the neoclassical uh, buildings there um, have been um, maintained for a very, very long time. And, and Montreal has a rich architectural culture and history. Um, but, you know, this particular bank... Um, in the late, um, I'd say about like 2010 or, or so, um, this bank decided to move its corporate headquarters um, and they uh, turned it into a co-working site um, in, and used the entire bank lobby. And there's also a, uh, a cafe, which is, has serves quite good coffee, I, I, I must say. Is that what the sketches that, that, that we have posted here? No, no. So, the, so oh, the okay. sketch, yeah. So actually, I, I did do a sketch of the bank, um, um, and then and then I revisited that sketch of the bank as well. Um, but the sketch that we're talking about here for this one is in a part of Montreal that a lot of tourists will go to. It's sort of old, what they call old Montreal, um, and it's really some some of the old oldest parts of the city. Um, and the this is sort of a street scene. Um, sometimes I'll do buildings, sometimes do interiors. Um, in this particular instance, um, it was sort of recalling a, a street scene that um, really reminds me of home. Um, mm -hmm. And and at the end of the street is uh, uh, Notre Dame de Bon Secure, uh, which is the uh, probably one of the oldest churches in Montreal. It dates back to 1771. Um, and... It's uh, just a, uh, a small church still in operation uh, in old Montreal. Um, and uh, it's, it's that, that part of the, the city that really has a, a lot of special meaning for, for um, you know, people who are natives. Uh, but then also it's a wonderful tourist destination that a lot of people get to, get to see. And then for those of us of the architectural persuasion, um, it's 
uh, it's a lot, I mean, as I said, you know, it's, you got to imagine that you're, you're on an Island. So this particular part is, is near, uh, the water on one side and, um, habitat 67, um, or habitat, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, mostly Southeast, um, uh, for expo, um, that's, uh, relatively close to this area as well. Oh, wow. That's an interesting uh, juxtaposition, huh? Using a, an architectural word. Yeah. The, uh, the old and the new, or, well, I guess the newer, uh, even though, it ha- you know, Expo, the habitat is uh, a little bit older nowadays, I guess, but rel- very modern compares, comparative, comparative, comparatively. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, and that's the whole thing is that this, you know, this part of Montreal is, is sort of some of the original settlements um, for the city were here. Um, and then, uh, you know, eventually um, uh, Habitat was was part of Expo 67, where we brought the world um, to Montreal uh, for, for a World's Fair. And you had buildings mm-hmm. by Bucky Fuller, uh, who did the U.S. Pavilion. Um, and then later you had the Olympics, uh, which, you know, was a springboard off of, uh, Expo 67 and, and all the subway systems that, that are, uh, people talk about Montreal having a really good public transit system. All of that mm. was developed for that, for that Expo in 67. Oh, wow. That's, that's really interesting. Getting my history lesson in here too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so, so the <laughs> so, sketch, so the uh, sketch is a, is a street scene. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's one where, um, I think that you're, you know, for me as a, um, sort of an urban sketcher, it's, you know, these kind of urban explorations where you're, you're just trying to get a, a sense of the memory of the place, um, and an impression of it. Um, uh, and the, the facade of the church has a real distinctive spire, um, a lot of people refer to it sort of as a, as a fisherman's church. So it has a real distinctive, um, steeple, um, on the front mm. with kind of a mm-hmm. copper. Um, a lot of old Montreal has a lot of slate, uh, and stone and cobblestone. So that's some, some things that I tried to pick up in, in the sketch. All right. So that, that's in this sketch, that's kind of like street scene. So it's down the road, as you said, right? That's that spire toward the end yeah, of the road. Yeah, it's it's sort of a, it's sort of yeah, it's at the, the end of that road, um, and it's it, for me it's sort of right. It's it really is right, right at the water. I mean, the, the the sailors church sort of backs up right to the water, um, and so you're you go. There's an old fort in, in old Montreal, and you kind of go through the old fort, and then you um, this this portion of the city is is all. Um, very, very small sidewalk cafes, coffee, uh, bakeries, restaurants, pubs. Um, and then, uh, and then this church is sort of the, the sort of the centerpiece of, um, the architectural gems yeah, that are down so there. That's so cool. That, it, there's a lot to be said in a very simple sketch. And so, uh, we, we, what we haven't said yet though is, is what's in that coffee cup <laughs> fueling that sketch? I'm jumping around <laughs> a little bit here, right? Right. But uh, let's briefly talk about what's going on in there. Well, yeah, I think you know, for you know, for me, it's always it's uh, 
Um, I, I think it's sort of that, you know, darker roast coffee is usually where I'm, I'm headed when I, when I have the options. Um, but I think that, you know, when I, when I was thinking about this particular sketch and, and, and what we're going to talk about in terms of hometowns, um, sometimes it's trying out those new coffee shops. Um, so in my case, it was, it was, it was, I wanted to try this crew collective cafe, um, because it was, uh, architectural. It was also, it's also near old Montreal, um, uh, as well. And, uh, there's, you know, Montreal for, for, for what it's worth, you know, being a, a, a very, very urban environment is, is one where you can use, you, you certainly have, um, the opportunity to, you know, to walk and, and do a lot of public transit. Um, and so then there's, um, you know, that sidewalk cafe culture as well. Um, and, you know, the, trying out new coffee shops is certainly something that I like to do. Um, but mm-hmm. that was, that was one that I, I would, I would say if you're in Montreal, definitely check it out. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful space. Uh, and they do serve a good cup of coffee. Oh, sounds good. Crew collective. And the, um, well, so in your hometown there of Montreal, so you said we pronounce it Quebecois, Quebecois. Is that close enough? Would that pass yeah. for a- <laughs> it, it, that? That's you're 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 a little hesitant, but yeah, no, it, it sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> and that means again, you mentioned it earlier. If, if, you but, th- if, uh, you, if you think about it with K's, try and pronounce it like as if it's as if the Q's are K's. It's a good oh. good way to do it. Quebecois, Quebecois. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm getting better, and that means um, like a local. Is that what that, or is it? A, it's 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 a native, um, and uh, it, it's uh, a native of Quebec. Uh, Quebec is a province um, in Canada, so province like a state here in the United States. Um, Montreal is is part of Quebec. Um, the provincial capital uh, is uh, is not Montreal, um, but uh, the uh, um, but yeah, Quebecois is is also oftentimes associated um, uh, with uh, a native French speaker. So there's kind of multiple meanings to it. Um, uh, okay, but it's uh, but but certainly I think that you know anybody who was uh, you know, multiple generations born in, in the province or born in the city, um, can certainly refer to themselves as Quebecois safely. Um, it, it has some political connotations now, uh, after uh-huh. the 1960s. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, it's, it's a native of Quebec. Okay. And so, um, and you I mean, I'm or a run Quebecer. If you say Co- it in in, in 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 English, it's just you're a Quebecer. So, oh. um, you know, if you just want to, that sounds really, good. That sounds really, like really something butch- really butcher the language. So, yeah, <laughs> Quebecer. It's like something somebody in the Midwest of America would say. Or, That's right. Kind of like where I'm from now. <laughs> nah. So, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the one sketch, you know, it's, it, it has a lot going on in, in the sense of, you know, meaning, uh, you know, memory and things like that. And, uh, it's, it's a nice, 
it's a nice representation and you know it's i'm i'm sure for you um it it captures a lot of things inside and and it puts it down on paper yeah i mean it's, i think it's you know i mean for for somebody who was you know you know born in a city then and then moved away and then moved to a new country uh, and then grew up in another country um we would go back every summer um and spend uh several weeks um you know living in the city and you know living with family in the city living with my grandparents um both sets i was fortunate to do that and so we would we would live in the city and just you know just daily life kind of stuff and I mean, of course, we would, you know, do some touristy things, too. Um, but a lot of those touristy things were part of my education. Um, and my mom and dad were very, very uh, cognizant of that. So when I go back now, um, I'm I'm able to navigate the city really, really well, um, having done that. And uh, now I'm sharing it with with my daughter as well. Um, but 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 the, but the city is, is certainly very special to me. And, and I have some very special memories uh, of being a little kid and teenager and young adult and adult, um, in the city. So. Great. And, and, and most so, of my, um, most of my family, uh, and most of my family is still there. So aside from my, oh, aside wow. from my parents. So. Right. Right. I, I knew that your parents were also in the South of the United States there, down there in Texas, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's been a while that since you last been there, huh? You said uh, two about years, a year just over two, uh, just two two summers ago um so yeah. two years ago but i mean i mean you have to think about it this way is that you know i was born in the same hospital that my grandfather was born in and my father was born in um and so you know when i say i i when i say that i'm 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 from montreal and i i consider it my hometown <laughs> that's that's sort of that's the mentality that i have with it is that, yeah yeah you know, um, you know, when, when I go back, I, I like to go by, you know, where, uh, you know, where my, my family grew up, um, and I get to see a lot of those places. So, and so also I prompted you with a second sketch here. Is this, I'm kind of cutting and pasting. So you tell me, is this also up there in Montreal or is this somewhere back down in another part of the country no it's not uh i i thought i wasn't going to say anything to you when when you uh when you when you prompted with this one because i I think it's sort of an interesting juxtaposition as well um Uh because it's because it's about memory uh but it's it's uh it's a memory that i don't even have um so a, a a good friend of mine um it, it strikes a memory in a different way for me is that a, a good friend of mine who I went to architecture school with, um, Sterling, um, worked in architecture for a number of years and now has been a professional architectural photographer for officially for almost 10 years now. Um, and so this is one of his pieces. Um, he does, um, art photography on the side. Um, when he's also on assignment and, a lot of them end up being these sort of interesting landscapes. And I think it's uh, the way he's described it to me somewhat is that, uh, you know, he has an, as an architect uh, or architecturally trained. And then now as a photographer, he looks at sort of those um, abandoned spaces 
um, that's sort of, um, you know, something that you and I've talked about before, um, especially with you in, in Michigan there and in Detroit. Um, and, and so this was a, a piece, he has some urban pieces that have sort of a similar quality. Um, and so this is a, one of his paintings or not, excuse me, one of his photos that I have. Um, and I just really, really like the piece. And so I'd gotten it from him for Christmas. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a, a pier that's been damaged by a hurricane, um, on the East coast in the Carolinas. Uh, I don't know exactly what pier it is. Um, but it's, it has that sort of abandoned architectural quality that I think is really, um, really, really interesting and, and, and certainly hard to capture in a sketch. Oh yeah. I think, I think you, you did capture what was also in the photograph and I, I, I kind of intentionally put these two uh, of your sketches together because of the, uh, the, the difference that I want to try not to say juxtaposition, but <laughs> the contrast, I should say mm-hmm. between, uh, contrast and comparisons, I suppose, because there's, they're both aged, aged places, older places, um, historical in some aspects, but also in the memory sense. And I think the, I like that idea of the memory and, um, like in the Montreal sketch, uh, is, is a memory of, of, uh, of yours, but also, um, a place that is still thriving, I sh- I'll say. And then down below, you know, the pier that's been damaged is it, it brings memories. Um, some may have memories of, of it, uh, when it was not in, you know, hurricane damage, but, uh, also now that it is damaged kind of creates its own, uh, new memory, I suppose, for, for other people as a reminder, right. As a, a scar, uh, of, of the built landscape. Well, and and it, you know, and it's something I think, like I said, you know, you, um, I think it's a, an interesting way to sort of transition to, you know, things that you're seeing, uh, where you are and, um, and some of that sort of urban exploration that I might've been doing in Montreal. Um, you know, it's some of that probably in Detroit and the surroundings, uh, mm-hmm. involves sort of seeing, uh, you know, what's been abandoned and then also what's being rebuilt. Um, and then, and the memories associated with both. Right. And, and I, it's interesting to me, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I, I live in, in Michigan now, uh, but I'm not a native. So I, I've, well, I, I've, I've got 10 years here now. However, uh, a lot, a lot has changed, uh, even prior to my arrival to Michigan. And, and so, yeah, there's a lot of uh, similar uh, sort of abandoned structures in the Flint area, the Detroit area, because uh, just a, a scale factor of 10, if you compare Flint to Detroit, you know, Detroit's about 10 size, 10 times bigger. And so there's, you know, just scale that up as far as what's sort of abandoned and blighted. And, um, and so, yeah, it, I guess to me, it, I think for, for me as an architect, it's, it's about a curiosity, right? To, to be curious no, about what, yeah, curiosity what is it was like. Word. Yeah. And, and what it was like, um, in its 
full heyday and then what it's like now and, and sort of understand, well, I guess you and me probably think about, you know, well, that's interesting how this part, you know, sort of crumbled before that part. And, you know, what would have caused that if, you know, if it wasn't a weather event, you know, what kind of um, natural or artificial impact to the building caused this kind of decay? You know, obviously a broken window is, is a lot more, um, a lot more obvious or a relatively uh, simple answer to a, to the curiosity, but you know, some buildings I'm, I'm thinking right now of the Michigan central train station in Detroit, which is, is a very cool, old, tall building, um, that was a rail depot and transit hub or intermodal hub, I guess. And, um, it's, it sat vacant for decades, I believe. And now, uh, recently it's been, uh, acquired by the, uh, Ford Motor Company. And so it's, it's getting restored painstakingly, you know, to, to many Detroiters or Michiganders, they probably thought that building was a goner, um, and just wrote it off, but it's, it's not, you know, and that's the interesting thing about architecture to me is that, you know, if you, if it does get abandoned or blighted, um, it may look, you know, in, in appearance like a complete loss, but because of the creativity and innovation of architects and builders, you know, there's ways to, to bring them back to life. And, uh, you know, it, and then well, I guess and, the circle and, and, back to, yeah. And the memory of it too. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the memory is still there. Um, and the memory doesn't get erased. Uh, it's, it's the, but the, the creative aspect certainly, you know, um, can alter those memories. And, and sometimes those memories are rosier than we, than we remember them to be, um, as well. But I want to reverse, mm-hmm. I want to like rewind the tape back to like one phrase that you just said. Did you just mm-hmm. say Michigander? Is that like a real word? <laughs> yeah, it's it, like it, a it, Quebecer. It, it, yeah, is that, is that like a Quebecer? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've learned. I've learned some jargon of my own here. Uh, so yes, Detroiters are people from Detroit, which doesn't sound too strange. But yes, Michigander is the official term for a person in Michigan. <laughs> and what and what kind of coffee does a Michigander have on an evening uh, like as we're taping this? Oh uh, yes, um, you know I, I like it simple. I think uh, you know simple black coffee. Um, although lately I myself have been uh, known to engage with some local um, roasters and uh, and you know, grind my own beans and, and French press myself a cup of coffee, but still keep it plain, no sugar, cream or anything like that. Well, we're definitely going to have to explore some of these local roasters in, uh, in another episode. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I have one in mind, but I don't, yeah, we could talk about that. That would open up a, a whole other half hour and maybe we should, uh, tie a bow on this one for now. And say to be continued, because I think we're still going to have some more to talk about with hometowns. I think I think we're calling this one a, an episode. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jamie.